Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 106, recorded live November 30th, 2012. On today's show, tracking your wife, profiling shoppers, and the state of the group buying business, plus special guest, Terry Blake of Lemon Mobile. Welcome, everybody. This is episode number 106 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. We are recording this live on the last day of November, November 30th, 2012. My name, Rob Woodbridge from TV, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as always, his 106th guest appearance, Mr. Asif Khan. Asif, welcome. Hey. Good to be here again. Uh, yeah, Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. I'm actually in Toronto, uh, if you can believe it still. And uh, yeah, um, you know, there's a lot going on. We, uh, we just got, I just got back from uh, from New York where we had a, uh, a great event this week uh, on uh, augmented reality with Gold Run and Blipper and uh, some some good uh, you know some good brands and, and folks in the audience and. Uh, yeah, really good discussion, and, and what um, what I liked about it was, uh, you know, obviously we talked about the, the usual stuff around AR and, um, and, and, you know, as Blipper likes to say, image recognition, they don't like to use the term AR anymore, so even, even that's open for discussion, but, uh, you know, a lot of the conversation kind of focused on, uh, you know, the use cases around uh, this technology and kind of focusing it on uh, how brands are using it to tell, tell their stories story as opposed to you know an ongoing narrative as opposed to uh, just point engagement so so that was that was good um, and then um, you know the uh, we're, we're gearing up for next week uh, on uh, December the 6th uh, as well uh, which is uh, the launch official launch of our at Atlanta chapter and uh, so that's going to be uh, exciting uh, hosted by coca-cola at their head office a phenomenal panel with uh, CNN, Home Depot, the Weather Channel, and Coke, uh, the heads of mobile of those four organizations on the panel. You know, what more can you ask for? I mean, that's uh, that's pretty exciting. That's so. a powerful, powerful, powerful event. And, and uh, I, I got to ask about the your New York event. Um, obviously, you know, I love the fact that it, you know augmented reality is such a broad term. People are going to shift around this. And we talked about um, we talked about Esquire last week and NetPage, the app, yes. right? Uh, and I've been showing this to everybody. If you didn't watch it, go and watch last week's episode just about NetPage and, and uh, or pick up the latest edition of Esquire magazine. Um, by, by the way, if you just saw Rob hold that up, you know, that, that that's not him on the cover, but it, you know, it could be easily. Oh, uh, what a guy. Yeah, this, yeah, this is Bradley Cooper. For those of you who are listening. Now picture, now if you've never seen me before, now you know what I look like. <laughs> Uh, um, but uh, was there anything that was surprising that came out of this? Like, you know, are are we as advanced as we think we are in this world? Are picky, people picking it up? Because, you know, Tommy Honan has gone on record as saying that this is going to be uh, augmented reality is like that eighth mass medium, right? Uh, you know how he goes through these things, SMS and and uh, and so on. But uh, so he's talked about augmented reality. He's put all of his emphasis now in augmented reality. Do you think that that's warranted based on what you've seen in this? What you heard? I think we're going to see a, you know a pretty high adoption around AR uh, based technologies you know over the next 12 18 months um, you know certainly I, th I think downloads are, are being driven up 
both in consumer-facing solutions like Goldrun and Blipper, as well as uh, you know uh, SDK-based platforms like Layer, yeah. uh, you know Mateo, you know embedding those in, inside of, of brands, uh, you know their own apps, so to speak. So, I think overall we're going to see big adoption around this, um, and, and I think that uh, you know the the whole idea of is it really an, an augmented experience I'm going for? Is it to drive you know uh, transactions uh, off of you know you know layering on top of print and and you know other media? You know I think that I think that's where there's lots of room for experimentation around models, business models yet. But you know as far as bringing content to life, um, you know driving off of images or driving off of uh, AR markers or what have you, I, I think we're going to see a ton of that this yeah. year. In the next year, I would, I would absolutely like. It's kind of like the Wild Wild West. I always think about, you know, maybe when it started, augmented reality to me was always about. Uh, it always felt like that uh, virtual reality modeling language, VRML from the web days, where it was so clunky and painful, and 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 layer early on in its days were like that. But I think what we've seen, especially if you consider this, which is you know basically uh, image recognition, uh, what what happened, what's going on in Esquire uh, magazine, that this becomes transformative. For pretty much everything, right? I, I I wrote an article on Untether somewhere a long time ago talking about how mobile is going to is the uh, uh, resurrection of print, and I believe that augmented reality is square in the middle of this. And uh, yes, so very exciting stuff. So is the show today, man. We we get to, like this. This might be our most controversial episode ever. Wouldn't you say, Asif? I, I think so. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, we, we can get through these stories and uh, and people are still listening at the end of the show because, uh, yes. yeah, some of this stuff is pretty uh, pretty scary. Some of it's pretty uh, interesting uh, as well. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a little bit of both. Um, it and, is. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, our... Our job here on this week in location-based marketing is to bring you everything as we as we see it and hear it, and uh, you know we're uh, we're not making this stuff up, folks. It's sometimes, it's, it's happening out there. Put it that Sometimes way. you would think that we are making this up, but you can't make up some of these stories. Like, uh, how about wife tracking in Saudi Arabia? How about um, uh, mannequins with cameras in them tracking your facial expressions and your basically your demeanor in order to be able to sell you more and push push appropriate uh, products to you? How about uh, the implosion or the beginning of the end of group buying? How about, uh, you know, those are just the beginning of the stories. And then we've got obviously our interview uh, uh, of the week, our product of the week, and we've got our resources, which is basically our resource, which is a um, the marriage, the NFC and, and uh, bridging NFC and marketing. What is happening there? Uh, you know, digital and real world. And then we've got our funding and acquisition news. Big acquisition news. In fact, uh, some of the big players that we have asked, where are they making huge plays right now? So that's what we've got in store for you over the next bunch of minutes here. So why don't we start with probably, I think, the most controversial story we will have brought to the location-based marketing uh, audience in 106, 105 other episodes is this thing called Where's My Wife? Uh, so the Saudi Arabian government is now sending text messages with uh, their, you know, uh, uh, Saudi men's wives' locations as they cross borders. Uh, this is uh, this is staggering, but um, I don't think um, I don't think unexpected in a uh, in a country like, no, I, like Saudi Arabia. No, I don't think it is either. It's just, you know, for us over here in uh, in North America, you know, we, we wouldn't even think twice about something like this, um, you know, and yet, you know, it's probably uh, 
you know, very commonplace, uh, you know, and, and, you know, most people probably, you know, I would say at least the male population over there uh, agrees with this. But, you know, the, but let's make it very clear, though, in Saudi see, Arabia, for those before you, who aren't familiar with before you say the anything, though, let's make it very clear. We don't agree with this. We are just reporting we the news. This. We do not agree right. with this. There right. you go. Um, but, yeah, in Saudi Arabia, um, women uh, are, are not allowed to travel outside of the country without you know, being accompanied by, you know, their male guardian, so to speak. Um, and same goes for you know you know driving you know and a whole bunch of other voting things. working yes yeah so, so effectively what they what the government's saying here is you know to make this easier for you men to track your women uh, we're going to uh, provide an SMS alerting mechanism that uh, that is basically tagging these uh, these ladies and uh, letting you know where they are or if they're about to cross the border or whatever the case might be so. Uh, Kind of scary stuff, you know, for 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 us over here, um, but probably uh, you know not so much. Uh, pretty commonplace over there. How, I, I got like I wonder how this works. So do they? Is it like um, I don't even want to know how this works, but I'm compelled to ask these questions. Like, is it is it um, embedded? Is it implanted? Is it clipped? Is this a, this is a something that transmits a location, but it sends SMS to to I mean to the husbands? I, this is this is one of those things that you've just you don't want to know. But I'm compelled to ask, how does this work? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I don't know because it's you know I, I don't think it's uh, it's not it's not tracking phones no, because obviously no. you know the woman could leave her phone behind. So so there's some sort of tagging mechanism. There's no details in this report uh, that I read uh, in terms of the actual technology that they're using to do this. Wow. Uh, but but it's got to be you know something either implanted or or attached. You know. Um, you know, like you know, uh, you know, some sort of tag that that is tracking this because it, you know, n not that different in some respects than you know you would have on a uh, yeah, you know on a pet yeah. kind of thing, right? So uh, my assumption is is that it's a similar type of technology that they're using here, uh, and then then just driving uh, the alerting over SMS around this. But uh, I mean, th there was. Um, uh, you know, uh, an uproar when this story came out on Twitter, yeah. uh, which the, the Saudi government shut down right away, um, you know, around this because uh, obviously, you know, they also control the media. So, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, may, it makes you really pause and think about, uh, you know, some, some of these political uh, systems. And, um, you know, I don't want to get into politics on this show, but, uh, you know, it, it's... Um, it's certainly not something that, uh, that that you or I agree with. So, no. And uh, apparently, what happened was, uh, as you go through these some of these articles, and uh, you know, if you don't want to know, that's uh, you know, this is something that's going on. And uh, my mother uh, worked in in Pakistan and Bangladesh in Muslim countries, trying to help educate women about their rights, just as human beings to begin with, and and the fact that they that they do have those. And um, and uh, you know, it, it might sound uh, trite, but but you know, you got to start with the basis of education. But apparently there was a, a, a Saudi woman who made it all the way to Sweden uh, without uh, uh, guardian consent, is what they say. And this yeah. sparked that whole thing about how do you keep your women inside of the kingdom? Because you need guardian consent, like a written note. Yeah, it's exactly. Man. Like, uh, so, uh, you know, regardless of how you feel, uh, there is some uh, negativity around being tracked, about location-based um, uh, stuff. But this is definitely not to push marketing message. This is... This is one of those stories that um, that it is true, but it's too hard to fathom that it is true. So, uh, if you're interested in it, you can just do a search for uh, "Where's My Wife," 
right? Uh, maybe put your, uh, your uh, safety filter, um, your content filter on when you do that, uh, if you're doing it in Google in front of your yeah. family. Uh, but uh, ridiculous, where's my wife is our first story. And, and uh, boy, oh boy, um, my heart goes to Saudi women. Um, all right, the second story, I don't know how to transition to this very smoothly from that story. Uh, but the second story is a launch of uh, Joingo. This is a, a targeting platform, geo-targeting geo platform for uh, delivering marketing messages. Um, you know, I certainly wouldn't call it the first or most revolutionary uh, by any means. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of these platforms out there. What I like about this one, um, you know, and I like lots of these platforms, but what I like in particular about this one is, you know, it, you know, Ability to integrate with CRM uh, backend systems, and you know, uh, you know, if, if you're if you're if you're a brand or you're a retailer and you're deploying a platform like this, you know, that ability to sort of real time target and uh, you know, based on interactions and based on what's happening and uh, you know, within your properties, um, and having that being driven out of your your CRM system it makes a lot of sense to me. You know, and I, actually, the you know, we there's a lot of discussion going on. One of the big trends right now is around CRM and ERP systems within these organizations are starting to layer on, you know, social location data. Are starting to integrate mapping. You know, for example, we talked, you know, a few weeks ago about the uh, Nokia licensing their mapping data to uh, Oracle. Um, you know, and things like that. So, you know, for me, this fits in line with that. It, it's it's much more. Uh, Retail oriented, much more, um, you know, uh, around consumer engagement. But I like that connectivity to the CRM. They call themselves the ultimate in intelligent mobile marketing, location-based marketing automation. And I have a challenge around automation. Uh, it's not so much that you can or can't automate this. You can't. Like you can't automate marketing. There's always got to be human intervention. People uh, clue into this fact that you can't. You can't uh, automate things the way that you wish you could. You can't just hit play. And there's mm -hmm. a quote from one of their VPs in one of the uh, media outlets that I read where, where she said, quite frankly, this is set and forget. And this, you can never set and forget in this business. It is ridiculous that you think you can do that. And this is a geofenced app. So you walk within a range of this geofence and, and you get, you get yeah. you push notification and that you can never set and forget that. So when I see that, it's the same thing when you hear, you know what? No IT involvement. Those two things, set and forget and no IT involvement, mean that you're in for a world of pain and it's never going to work. So the challenge here is the way that they position this. Uh, the idea is great. I like the idea, but it just ruined yeah, The idea is great. It sounds like the functionality that they're providing Perfect. Is, is, is pretty awesome. You know, the marketing messaging and, uh, you know, and pizzazz they're trying to build around this, it, 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 I think is a bit, a bit of a stretch, yeah. but anyway. Well, set and forget. But if you're interested in this, it's it's Joingo, Joingo, J-O-I-N-G-O.com. Again, it's, uh, I mean, it's a location-based uh, uh, and targeting platform uh, that uses geofencing around, as I said, a country, a city, a state, a, a location, um, an office building. And then it uh, it pushes deals and incentivizes you for footfall and and uh, return visits. The funny thing is that the example that they use again in this article that I read was, hey, say you're swimming, they can push you local deals, and then when you're leaving, they can ask, they can send you deals to make you come back in. And and uh, you know, just the marketing has been a little off. Be very careful what you say to the media. Very careful about how you position your product because it could turn you off before, like it did me, before you even get a chance to get to the product. So, don't don't listen to me. Just go to joingo.com and make your own. Make your own assessment. Joingo.com. All right, ready for? Uh, uh, so we went uh, creepy. Uh, you know, normal story. 
Now we're getting back into the creepy here. I don't even know how to describe this. <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. This is a uh, this is a uh, an Italian company that is. Uh, I, I mean, can I even say this with a straight face? That has uh, has uh, cameras inside of mannequin eyes, like basically inside of the mannequin eyes in 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 retail locations um, that basically follow you, that that film you, and to do what with? This is a company called Almax or Almax, um, and they're tracking shoppers, unbeknownst to them, inside of stores. <sighs> it gives me the willies, man. <laughs> what is this, Asif? Yeah, it, it, it's a little scary, this kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, interesting nonetheless. So Almax, uh, you know, they call these IC mannequins, um, and uh, they're not cheap either. They're 4,000 euro uh, per mannequin. Um, they're, and it's mostly uh, luxury uh, luxury retail that's uh, that's been using this stuff uh, so far. Um, obviously, with that kind of price point, you know, I, I get it. Um, but you know, yeah, this this is this is kind of interesting. I mean, you know, you know, you're walking around. There's you know, uh, facial recognition going on in, in the the eye, eye sockets of these mannequins tracking you as you're walking, and and uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's uh, it's creepy. Um, but they're doing it for they're not but, doing but, it. But apparently, they're getting they're getting traction with this. I mean, they've been doing this for almost a year now. Um, they operate in uh, in Europe and the U.S. Um, and uh, a number of customers uh, are you know retailers are signing up for this. And um, yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting. If you can if you can you know help to sort of uh, you know, in some respects I'll put it this way. You know we we talked a lot on this show about indoor positioning, um, and and one of the value uh, propositions around that being. Uh, you know, understanding the flow uh, patterns within you know retail. You know where the dwell time is. You know, does somebody come into the store, turn left, and then go here? You know, th that kind of stuff. And in some respects, you could argue that you know this adds a layer to that uh, from the perspective of understanding the demographic now as well of, of those people as they flow through your environment. So you know. What percentage is male, female, you know, age, you know, uh, you know, uh, approximations, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's. I think there is some merit here, despite the uh, the spooky factor. Yeah, they. Um, it, it's funny. They're, they're very clear in, in saying that. Listen, they're not doing this to catch shoplifters. They're filming this so that they can get that sense, right? Whether they do facial recognition, it's not for facial recognition. It's for facial feature recognition. Are you a man? Are you a woman? Um, uh, you know, uh, are you hot, tall, or short? Basically, they're they're trying to profile you as you go as you go past this thing. Um, you're right. I mean, there is that. It's easy to do this online. It's easy to do this with mobile. It's very difficult to do this in store to create a customized personal uh, shopping experience. But it is, you know, unless there's big signs everywhere like this mannequin is filming you, um, it is it is kind of creepy. I don't know what else to say. Now there are these there are these things. I remember Amber Mack talking about this. A um, you know when you walk into bars or when you walk into uh, you know some kind of restaurants, they have these profilers that basically do the same thing, and they tell you the demographic. You know, they limit it to like the the sexes percentage of men versus percentage mm -hmm. of women into a bar. So if you are a man and it's like, you know, 80% men, you, you, you know, uh, unless you look like Bradley Cooper, your chances are pretty slim, right? So, um, right. but they do that. They, they profile you at the, at the opening of the bar. But this is, this is a little bit, uh, this is very interesting to me um, because 
yeah, so there's there's potentially a lot of legal and ethical issues around this kind of thing. Yep. I mean, most in most retail environments, uh, you know, from a legal perspective, you, you're you know you can use cameras for security purposes, you know, and trying to stop you know shoplifting and and all that kind of stuff. But uh, even then, you have to post signs that say you know you're being filmed and all yes. that kind of stuff, yep. right? So now if you take that, you know, to another step of, you know, now we're using these cameras to, you know, do other things other than, you know, security, um, you know, potentially that opens up a different, uh, you know, a different argument on the legal front. But, uh, you know, these are, these are the battles, uh, you know, the, the, new, the new battles that will be crossed, to, you know, as we get there. You know, it, it's so true is that uh, you have to, you have to um, set a new boundary when you are, are doing something like this. And we know that mobile and location combined are changing the rules and here's just another one of those things we've always said that everything has its price your privacy has a price and you're willing to pay at some point or you're willing to give it up for a, for some kind of cost right. the flip side of this is if you're collecting data from me without my knowledge right you're collecting that data i want to get paid for that right i want to get paid for that i'm not a walking market research um study right so the same thing when you go to IKEA. For those of you who go to IKEA, yeah. they ask you for your postal code. It, it all comes down to consent, yeah, right? Does. I mean, so you know, if you're putting it out there that you're doing this and people are opting in to participate, then hey, I, you know, my argument is it's probably all yeah. good. But if you're just doing this without people's knowledge, uh, you know, there's lots of you know, there's a rat's nest of issues waiting to happen, for, uh, and, and lawsuits probably coming at you. So, and uh, anyhow, as the revolutionary, uh, um, in interesting stuff, spooky. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I see value. And as the revolutionary in both of us, Asif, um, I think lawsuits indicate that they're onto something, right? When you challenge yeah. the, the status quo. Always. So if you're interested in this, the, the website is almax, A-L-M-A-X hyphen Italy.com. You'll see some samples of their work. Um, and if any of you have bumped into anything like this, please let us know. I'm very, very interested to see if you've, if you've found the Terminator uh, mannequin. Do they have red eyes, like beat, like laser eyes? Hey, you! Zzz. Anyway. All right, our fourth story, a little bit easier to, to fathom. Uh, this is a FedEx story. They are, uh, I don't know, an aggressive mobile advertising campaign inside of apps, mobile apps, to be able to remind you that, hey, you know what? 25 days to Christmas, you better get that thing, that package shipped, and here are the shipping deadlines if you want to get it out before Christmas Eve. Um, what do you think of this? Um... I gotta say, I'm not, I'm not overly uh, optimistic on this thing. For, first of all, uh, I'm a bit confused as to the, uh, the the app that they've decided to partner yes. with. For, first of all, let's say that. So, so we're talking about FedEx here. We're talking about them trying to remind people that uh, you know Christmas is coming. Get your packages uh, together and and shipped out, and and we're here to help you do that. That I that 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 I get. That makes sense. But you know, why are you doing this with the IMDb mobile site? Like, what what does a you know a movie database have to do with you know FedEx packages? And 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 you know, one of the one of the big things that they're talking about here is is the fact that it's location based. So you could be walking in a mall, looking at the IMDb app, and realize that you have a package that has to be shipped, and then find the FedEx location nearest to you to ship it at that moment. It just it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really don't get it. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, you know, <laughs> I applaud their effort to try and do something around yeah. the holidays and and try and get you know be uh, you know get some FaceTime with consumers and mindshare around. Hey, you know, we're here. We've got places we can help you ship your stuff. 
all good. I know. But you know, IMDb database and you know, finding uh, the closest place near you while you're you know, in the mall uh, on your on your phone. Uh uh-uh. uh don't like it. Doesn't make any sense. Like if, if for example, you uh, maybe you couldn't get into any of the shopping apps, right? Maybe you couldn't get into any of those kind of things or the, you know, the the world famous showrooming apps that we're seeing everywhere now. Um, you know, why that's that's where I would have found this a little bit more valuable. But the IMDb database or IMDb app doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. And by the way, FedEx, if you have a lot of money to spend, like it seems like you do, I will put a countdown calendar on top of untether.tv in this podcast in a corner saying ship with FedEx for probably less money that you put into this ad campaign. So sponsor this week in location-based marketing. We at least can actually influence people to use you guys to ship. Because absolutely. Yeah. If you're interested in this, which you shouldn't be, just check out FedEx.com. And if you want, FedEx, if you want to become the official shipping partner of the Location-Based Marketing Association, (laughs) we're welcome to have that conversation too. I love it. (laughs) All right. Now, uh, Steve, our last story here is uh, is an interesting one. It's it's not really a story. It's a bunch of stories that have come out this past week around um, the apparent, uh, you know, demise. And I'm not saying destruction and obliteration, but the demise of living social, dying social is what we should call it from now. Um, the fact that they're doing massive layoffs and the fact that, that Groupon is now really considering uh, replacing or uh, Andrew Mason, their CEO. And, you know, the trials and tribulations of Groupon have been played out in the web since it went public, since it turned down $6 billion from, uh, from Google. Uh, but living social partly invested into by Amazon is now suffering this and they're actually laying people off. Are we seeing the beginning of the end of this industry, that group buying industry? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for, for me, you know, this, this has been, uh, you know, a while in, in the making, you know, this, this, uh, you know, we, we, we go back to the Groupon 6 billion uh, offer that was rejected that they should have taken that, you know, I just don't understand Why go public? the valuations oh, around these businesses that I just don't understand. Um, you know, the cost models around these businesses, which are just ridiculous in the sense of the number of, of people that you have to employ to go and find these deals in the first place. Um, you know, like, and the fact that, you know, they're really still really about driving one-time traffic, you know, to anybody who's participating as opposed to any kind of loyalty play, which, you know, seems to be where it's all shifted to in terms of, you know, any new platform coming into the space is, is focused on loyalty, uh, and analytics and, and real value to the, to the business as opposed to, you know, just turning on a tap and, you know, Hey, I got you 10 new customers today, um, that'll never come back again. Um, so yeah, for, for me, the writing's been on the wall for a while. So this specific story is uh, Living Social is cutting 400 jobs uh, across the U.S. Um, and, and it comes on, uh, you know, the back of in July, they were given a $32.5 million tax break uh, to, to stay and, and, and continue to operate in D.C., which is where they're based um, in Washington there. So, you know, how many of those jobs are going to be in the D.C. area? Who knows, uh, you know, and what does that mean, you know, in terms of, of you know, further uh, tax breaks or not or, or you know, um, you know, failure to, uh, to pay, um, you know, whatever they owe. Um, these guys are losing money hand over fist. You know, the Groupon story that you alluded to, Andrew Mason, uh, lots of discussion this week about, you know, him being replaced. For now, they say he's staying. Um, we'll see what happens. But, but I think this is a market that's ready to collapse. Well, I think that we're starting, yeah, we're starting to see it, see it crumble. And, and uh, you know, I've been very vocal about Groupon. Uh, this is a coupon company, I think, uh, Living Social. The only thing that we thought about really was that it could leverage 
uh, what was going on inside of the Amazon ecosystem, right? The infrastructure that Amazon had in multiple countries and distribution, but obviously that doesn't cut it either. Uh, these are coupon companies, nothing more, nothing less. We, we woke up one day and we realized that they're coupon companies. And uh, Mason, not only, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting conversation around him because he turned down $6 billion. He didn't, he and his board did uh, from Google, went public, uh, raised a billion dollars, took 90 plus percent of that off the table and distributed to the founders and the funders. Uh, it's a Ponzi scheme. And uh, I, would, I would look at these thinking, maybe, maybe there's an opportunity for these guys to, to be, uh, you know, not only lose their job, but uh, the amount of people that have invested in this company, the employees, this, this, is a, this is a terrible situation for any company. But man, oh man, it's a coupon company. It's a coupon company that went public at an insane valuation. It's ridiculous. I'm tired of talking about these guys. This industry is over. We see it happening everywhere. Um, it was never a business, just like pets.com wasn't a business back in the dot-com days. So, man, uh, you know what? All the power to you. You turn down $6 billion, you get fucked. That is bad karma. So don't do that. If you're going to take any money, take it, take it off the table when you can. So this is, this is going to be an interesting time for all these companies. I think that uh, an adjustment has come. And I'm okay with that, man. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You? Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Well, those are the top five stories. Sorry about the, the swearing on the last one, but it just, it's, it, you know, it, it's a time has come. If you had listened to our podcast over the last year, we've talked, or last two years, we've talked about the, the bewilderment. You'll hear the bewilderment in our voice when we talk about companies like Groupon and uh, and wonder how they've survived. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're tired of yeah. it. I mean, we're, we're just tired of, uh, first of all, I'm tired of the valuations that these, these people are getting. Um, you know, they're, they're absolutely insane. They have no, uh, you know, no there's no basis of no. reality around no. them. Uh, and, and, and when they get the offers, they turn them down. And, and, and it's just stupid entrepreneurs, greedy entrepreneurs uh, that don't understand, you know, how to do, you know, what they're doing. And, um, you know, and uh, I'll leave it at yes. that. I'm done. Karma's a bitch. I'm done ranting. Those, those are the five stories. Uh, so, you know, some, some um, you know, as we said at the beginning, these are going to be stories that, that either uh, sway you one way or another, um, but they shouldn't dissuade you from embracing what we, we call this location-based world. There are people that are going to use it for good, and then there are people that are going to use it for evil. And uh, then there are going to be people who use it to make money and people who lose, use it to lose money. And, and so, you know, there are stories in here that, that Asif collates, curates, accumulates over, the, over, the, over his travels and uh, give you, a, a, you know, a great example, great examples of some of the things, some of the ways that people are using this technology. It's pretty amazing. Either way, it's revolutionary. Uh, but again, uh, you know, use it for good. Always do good with this kind of stuff. If your story wasn't in there, and if you have one, you know, if you if it's about you, great. If it's about something that we don't cover, we haven't covered yet, it's a story that's out there that's relevant, reach out on tether at gmail.com or seif at the lbma.com. We, we, we want more participation from you guys to bring these stories to light from around the world. So we got some big stuff coming up down, down the road for this week in location-based marketing that should do a little bit more in covering the planet. But we would love your help in curating some of this news. Please reach out. You have our email addresses. Well, now it's time for our special guest this week, Asif Khan. Sat down with Terry Blake, who is the head of business development EMEA for a company called Lemon Mobile. What should we know about this company before you t we uh, jump into the interview? Well, I, th I think Terry will probably say it best, but, uh, you know, 
effectively, this this is a company that uh, you know has been a part of the LVMA for uh, a while. Actually, one of the, one of the original uh, uh, founding members uh, of the LVMA. Uh, they're a company that uh, is focused on sort of in-app push messaging. Uh, they work in SMS, and and they've been focused uh, primarily on the sports and entertainment uh, sector. So working with you know teams like the New York Jets and um, you know the uh, the CBC up here in Canada, the New York City Marathon. Um, you know, so, so they're, they're, they're really focused on that kind of sports and entertainment vertical, which we don't talk about a lot on the show. So hopefully we'll hear a bit of that uh, in this interview. Well, today it's our pleasure once again to bring you a, that uh, special guest. And today on This Week in Location-Based Marketing, it's Terry Blake, who's the Director of Business Development, EMEA Region, for Lemon Mobile or Lemon LLC. T Terry, welcome to the show. Thanks, Asif. It's great to be here. So why don't we just jump right into it? Uh, you know, for the for the benefit of our audience today, tell us a little bit about you know who is Lemon Mobile? What are you guys all about? Okay, well, Lemon um, is actually an acronym for Location Enhanced Mobile Opt-in Network, and as you said, it's uh, obviously predicated on mobile. It's a global business-to-business -business marketing company. Uh, we sell white label software uh, for real-time location-based messaging and it's all push messaging there's no check-in model here it's all about push and um, our solution includes um, in-app push messaging so we keep people within the app experience we create an inbox within the app um, highly accurate and persistent tracking of, of the devices um, and after the push messaging campaigns of course we have the very interesting data and innovative analytics to share with uh, with our clients. Excellent. I mean, it, it sounds like uh, you know it's definitely. I mean, the whole push uh, segment of the market is uh, is growing rapidly. So I think uh, you know you're you're in a good spot. And for those for those of you listening and watching, uh, you know Terry doesn't just have a an English accent. He's actually in England. Um, and uh, so, so maybe comment on that. You guys are a bit of a global presence as well. You have offices uh, in a couple places. Yeah, we're headquartered in uh, New York City. Uh, we've got offices in, in London here and also in Toronto where our chief technical officer resides. And so we're international. And although our first deployments uh, were very much in, in the US um, and in Canada, in fact, we're now branching out into uh, UK, uh, Europe, and the rest of the world, which we're leading on here from, uh, from London. Okay, so, so, you know, comment if you will, you know, why in-app push messaging? What, what, is, what is the key problem that, uh, you know, Lemon Mobile is trying to solve in the marketplace? Why, why did you create this? Well, I mean, interestingly, if you look at our very first deployment, which was last year's uh, New York Marathon, the, uh, uh, the, the marathon um, organizers, the New York Roadrunners, um, are running this enormous event in Manhattan. It's up to two, two and a half million people get involved, but they don't buy a ticket. So the organizers have no idea who, who their customers are at all. So for them, it was a matter of uh, engaging with their fans, um, in a, not just through an app, but through uh, this push messaging system, which would also improve their experience of the day itself. And it also enabled them to activate some of their sponsorships and indeed to find some new sponsors or some new sponsorship, incremental sponsorship money. Um, and at the end of the day, they had all this data which enabled them to you know, plan better for the future. Um, 
I might add that in a, I have a particular sports background and two of the partners in New York uh, were former NFL executives. Uh, and so we've got a good track record in sport. And we felt that um, our best entry to the market was through um, fan-based apps. And uh, you know, where better to start with sport? But of course, it equally applies to to music and, and possibly other, you know, tourism and even retail, ultimately. But we thought we'd start with where we thought the fans would be most likely to say, yes, I want to opt into this, uh, because we are predicated entirely on opt-in and are very you know, wary of privacy concerns and so on. Because we do track people's phones once they opt in. Um, but we felt sport was a great place to start. Fantastic. And so, I mean, maybe if you could if you could just dig into that for us a little bit further. I mean, you mentioned the New York Marathon experience. Is there another, uh, you know, sporting or entertainment related client you could share with us, you know, a particular project or, or how you helped? Yes, indeed. I mean, we're currently um, uh, uh, deployed by the New York Jets, who are the um, NFL team based in, in New Jersey at the MetLife Stadium. Um, their main issue, funnily enough, was to try and get people to move into the stadium environment sooner than uh, they were experiencing. A lot of people would arrive early and would be in the car park and would be tailgating for you know up to two hours and then go into the stadium itself at the last minute. Um, so, what, so one of the things we're doing with Lemon is to try and push people, encourage people to come into the stadium environment a little earlier so that they can engage with some of the sponsor activations that are going on uh, in the concourse, um, you know, below the stands, and to try and get them into the merchandising areas and some of the bar queues. Uh, as you know, tailgating involves normally bringing your own. So this was an important issue for the uh, for the Jets, um, and that's what we're doing with them. Uh, we're, we're beginning to activate with with a lot of their sponsors, um, and it's it, it's working very well. Our, I might add that our um, opt-in rates. Uh, for people who've downloaded an app, you know, tend to be in, in, in the 50% range, which is pretty encouraging. Um, and the open rates, in other words, people actually opening messages, are in the 20 to 30%. Um, now, obviously, if you compare that to a click-through rate, it's you know exponentially much, sure. much, much better. Um, but we reckon 20 to 30% is not a bad uh, rate to be hitting this early in, in the piece, because a lot of people are still coming to grips with what location-based marketing means uh, for them, you know, for their device, etc. So we're very encouraged by the start. Um, and as I mentioned, we're we're now moving into Europe as well um, via HSBC. We uh, we were deployed at Burley Horse Trials in in the middle of England, um, and we're hoping to engage further with HSBC in other sports. Um, and in fact, we've just signed a deal with the International Rugby Board where we're being deployed this weekend at the uh, the Sevens event in uh, Dubai. Um, interestingly, the IRB, whilst they're very keen on push messaging, at the moment they're probably more keen on finding out where all their fans are, because one of the things right. that we are able to tell them is where the apps are being downloaded and where people are opting in. And even people who don't come to the event are so keen to get what they can that they tend to opt in, so we can have a sort of global map of where all these people are with their apps, uh, interested in receiving more information from the uh, governing body, which is the International Rugby Board. So we're, um, you know, we're we're beginning to get real traction in the marketplace, and we're very encouraged by our our progress to date. 
Fantastic. Well, I mean, it sounds like you guys are, are, are super busy and active and, and certainly, uh, you know, uh, focusing on a vertical like that, uh, you know, sports and entertainment, uh, you know, is, is always a great way to, uh, you know, to kind of get, get, get that early traction. So it sounds like you're on the right path. But, uh, yeah, we really appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your, uh, your schedule to, uh, to share with us, uh, with our audience today. And, and again, for those listening, uh, we've been talking today with uh, Terry Blake, the Director of Business Development, EMEA Region for Lemon Mobile, and uh, Lemon, uh, Location Enhanced Mobile Opt-in Network is the acronym there. So uh, for more information um, and to connect with Terry and his colleagues, you can visit them at www.lemonllc.com. And again, Terry, thanks for joining us today. Asi, thanks for the opportunity and great to speak to you again. Cheers. Well, that was Terry. Uh, we really appreciate uh, him coming on the on the show this week and sharing with us a little bit of insight into uh, what is Lemon Mobile. So thanks, thanks to Terry and, uh, and and the whole Lemon team, actually. Yes, thank you, Terry. If you think that you should be there, man, this is an ego play if I've ever seen it. Reach out if you want to be a guest on our show. If you have something interesting to say about the location-based world, please reach out. You have our email addresses. If you don't. Untether at gmail.com or seat at the lbma.com and we'll have you on as a guest hey we might even do a google hangout with you who cares we'll get you on here one way or another thank you terry for doing that thank you for the fine folks at lemon mobile if you're interested in going to uh, seeing any more about lemon just go to lemonllc.com all right, it's time for our funding and acquisition news our first story asif uh this is what i was alluding to at the introduction we have wondered when these big behemoths are going to come into this business, you know, in a, in a multitude of space. First, we started with location-based, you know, these big GPS companies who had all these this data uh, locked up in databases that would trump anybody's data uh, that's out there. And uh, then when Square started coming out and all of these announcements around wallets started coming and payment processing, and cash register replacements, and all of a sudden we were wondering, okay, so where is the behemoth in this? And that behemoth is NCR, and they made a play, didn't they? They made a play wow. indeed. So, uh, yeah, they acquired a company called Retailix, uh, which uh, for $650 million. Um, this is a company that's uh, based in Israel, uh, actually, and, uh, and NCR is based in, uh, in Georgia, uh, in the U.S. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Retailix is a company that's been uh, kind, of, kind of an upstart uh, in, in right in the backyard of uh, the world of NCR, point of sale. Uh, you know, global uh, retail technology, point of sale technology, um, and uh, they've been doing you know a good job around that market. They got about seventy thousand retail locations that they're servicing now, fifty countries they operate in. So this is this is not a uh, you know just an overnight success company. Uh, this is a company that's been around for a little while, and NCR. Uh, you know, for me, it's probably one of those situations where. You know they've been losing some market share. They keep running up against these guys. So you know why not? Uh, you know get married and and, uh, and bring them in house instead of uh, you know fighting the battle all the time. Well, and this is a this is a match made in it, it's a perfect match, isn't it? And and I and I think that uh, this really does. Um, I, I mean, there, there's no there's really no. Uh, challenger i would say to ncr i mean this is an established large company huge valuation huge everything huge distribution other than ibm uh, yeah, I, right i mean it's really the two it of them. is so i think that this is that uh, that foray in and and do you, do you look at this this is to combat that the upstart companies that are using tablets instead of cash registers collecting data uh, you know in alternative ways from from uh, at the transaction point this is a pretty this is a pretty important play 
I'd say. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I really like this. I think this is a good move by NCR. And, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, the integration goes smooth. Sometimes these things, uh, you know, uh, are a lot more difficult than they should be. But, um, you know, hopefully for the uh, Retailix guys, uh, you know, it, it's a nice fit and, uh, and they're able to kind of, uh, you know, roll the products together. $650 million. NCR acquires Retailix. If you're interested in Retailix, just go to retalix.com. Retailix. Very cool. Uh, so, uh, second story, this is uh, Google on the acquisition spree. They bought another company today that has nothing to do with location-based marketing or anything along those lines. But, uh, you know, basically Google is uh, buying a company a day these days, and they buy, bought a company called Incentive Targeting. Talk about this. It's a small deal for Google. Yeah, small small little company. Uh, it's a company that's focused on uh, CPG, grocery, um, you know, segmentation, targeting, uh, ad, you know, ad targeting, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know how much of Google's market fits within that category, uh, but obviously, you know, enough that uh, they saw some value here around this, and uh, you know, this is a company that's uh, you know focused on cost per acquisition, cost per action. Type of models, which obviously is, is is a business that Google understands very very well. You know, we talk a lot on this show about you know Google's lack of uh, ability to execute when it comes to social um, uh, platforms, but you know when it comes to uh, you know cost per uh, acquisition and click per call and all that kind of stuff, that's stuff that they get and and they get it in spades. So uh, for me, this this is a logical fit. Yeah, and it's a coupon play, right? So these guys do targeted couponing, and, and it's yep. very effective. And especially when you add location, that location layer, and you take into consideration that Google is rejigging their wallet, and all of a sudden you've got this perfect play, which is, uh, you know, you've got, like, remember we talked about it's Google Go, right? Or Go it was Google Go, right? Right. They, they actually, uh, they talk about this, um, this, uh, this acronym now that they call CLAMPS. Which is uh, content loyalty analytics marketing payment and social, and so Google's kind of looking at it from that perspective of you know kind of this 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 circle of uh, of functionality around you know these uh, you know these six terms. Who who came up with that? Google? I don't know. It sounds but, like a Google term because it's like, hey, I got clamps. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah, it's better than crabs. It is, it is, and it's better than crabs. Those two things, yeah, like you know, yeah. they must have tried many acronyms. Anyways, but this is, I, I like this by 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 Google, but it also goes to show you. We were talking about this in the last story of the main section of this podcast, which was around the Groupon and the and the uh, group uh, buying uh, companies. Is that coupons are a service in somebody else's wallet? Like that's where they fit into this ecosystem, right? They aren't a business. They're a portion of somebody else's business. And something like incentive targeting with Google's knowledge about you already um, really makes, makes it, makes it makes sense. And that's why I think probably Google was interested in something like Groupon. And they probably got this company for like a penny compared to the $6 billion that they were offering Groupon, right? So thankfully, yeah. I mean, man, if Google had bought Groupon, who, knew, who knows what would have happened? But uh, so Google buys a company called Incentive Targeting. If you can go to incentivetargeting.com if you want some information about those guys, and obviously you've you've been to Google once or twice, all of you out there, I'm sure of it. All right, our last story here. Uh, the only funding piece. There's a company called Adnear raises a cool 6.3 million dollars. This is an interesting play. Uh, I like these guys. Um, I think that um, what they what they bring is uh, is that you know the final mile. I guess it's the last mile piece. To uh, to marketing and closing the gap on sales. 
Yeah, no, this this is a great little company. Um, they're they're based in Singapore, uh, actually. Well, Singapore and Bangalore uh, joint uh, joint offices there. Um, and yeah, this is real time, you know, geolocation, you know, ad targeting, you know, at, at that last mile, as you said. So they raised six point three million um, coming from Sequoia uh, and Canaan Partners. So so you know, serious players, uh, Sequoia Capital and Canaan Partners here. Uh, but you know the and from what they said in the press release, you know the funding is going to go to f just further expansion within the Asia Pacific region and helping them get you know better entrenched into India and Singapore and some of these other markets over there. So um, yeah, um, you know, but but been, been tracking this company for a while. Uh, you know, great uh, great service offering here, um, and um, you know even when I was in Singapore a few weeks ago, you know these guys were you know clearly present. Uh, you know in, in at our event and, and other things as well. So, I think it's a uh, yeah. It's, it always surprises me when I hear about Sequoia making deals in Singapore like that. But I guess it, uh, you know, I guess that that's they realize very quickly where the where the big market is, and it's uh, it's uh, it's not as competitive in the United States, or as it's not as competitive outside of the United States. But it's getting there with these guys. That's that's what I gather from 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 these right. kind of buys. And six point three million dollars is not a huge investment. It's a good bet on on a company like this. And I like the targeted nature of the um, of the ads. Like again, I, I believe that they have to evolve very quickly away from standard ads. Like the ads, you know, mobile and banner ads don't mix. But uh, but this technology might be able to be applied in a different way, a different context than banner ads down the road when when we're ready for that. So. If you're interested in, in Adnear, just go to Adnear, A-D-N-E-A-R dot com, and you can read all about what they do. $6.3 million from Sequoia and others. That's it. So listen, if your mother gave you 10 bucks, if your grandparents gave you 100 bucks, if you uh, got $1,000 as a tax return and you've started your business, I consider those all funding newses, especially newses. I consider all those funding news and should be in the top three. Really, somewhere between Adnear and Google, you know, we've got this scale. We've got NCR acquiring uh, re Retailix for $650 million and a $1,000 tax return funding the startup of your dreams. Reach out on tethergmail.com or seif at the lbma.com and we will tell everybody to watch out for your great company. I don't care if it's 10 bucks. I don't care if you're starting a lemonade stand. It's a location-based business. Please, let us know. All right, only one last thing that separates us from getting out for the weekend to see, and that is our resource of the week. And you know, uh, this is one of those things that that uh, that we talk about quite a bit, is that bridging of the real world and digital. And NFC is much more than just a wallet, right? It's not, it's a conduit to cash, sure, but that's years away. We've got some real case studies about how people are using it today for marketing and for uh, engagement with their customers. And here's a, uh, here's a white paper done by Gage Mobile called NFC and Marketing, Bridging the Gap. And this is really about that out-of-home experience, digital out-of-home, the connection between a, a poster and your phone. And in fact, you know what was featured in this, Asif? Our uh, KitKat, we will find you. Remember we covered that a while back, obviously? Yes. It is one yeah, of the case studies in this. And uh, yeah, so, so a great little white paper. Uh, Gage Mobile put this together in, uh, with support from uh, New Ad and uh, Astral uh, Out of Home. Uh, so this is, they're, all three are Canadian uh, companies. The case studies they featured are, are not limited to Canada, however, they're, uh, they're global in scope. So there's some really good data in here, really good uh, 
you know, sort of examples of, as you said, you know, NFC beyond just the payments capability around it, but, you know, the ability to, you know, make posters uh, and digital out of home interactive and, and, and measurable and, uh, you know, do, do a lot of interesting things with it. So uh, there's, there's some stuff in here from, you know, the UK, the KitKat story that we talked about before. Uh, there's uh, some stuff on uh, with, um, with other out-of-home guys like JC Decal and uh, Kinetic working together. Uh, also in the UK, there's a story from Kuwait uh, in here, a little case study uh, around a, a project that happened uh, in, in that market. So, um, yeah, you know, all kinds of great examples in here. So take a look at it. it it's available on uh, the LBMA.com forward slash research. Uh, it's a very worthwhile. If you're ever looking for reasons or inspiration about how this can help your business, I, I keep bringing up uh, Bradley Cooper here, right here. Um, because you know that the last divide is that is that terrestrial to digital and, and you know NFC can help and let's forget about it for a wallet for a little while let's start using it as an effective marketing and uh, engagement tool like this um, this white paper actually covers it just shows you there's so many more opportunities with NFC than what it's pigeonholed in so go to uh, the lbma.com forward slash research and this as we said is uh, called NFC and marketing bridging the gap and it's a white paper right there very cool. Awesome. That concludes it. Episode number 106. Um, you, uh, you're you heading off to Atlanta? It's this week, right? Yeah. yeah so Atlanta. Well, actually, I'm going to Miami first. Oh, nice. Just to get a little bit of uh, sun because uh, it's like minus 38 oh, no, no, here. I'm speaking at a uh, Latin American mobile payments conference. Oh, yes. And then you're off to... Uh, up, and then I'm off to Atlanta, Atlanta from there. there. Yeah. Well, we will. Uh, you'll be in Toronto for next week. Uh, well, I'm in, I'm in Toronto Monday uh, and Tuesday morning. Uh, so Monday is Next Media uh, in, in Toronto. Tuesday's iStrategy Conference, which I'm speaking at on Tuesday morning, and then I fly to Miami for Wednesday to be there for first thing Wednesday morning to uh, do that one, and then I leave there uh, early Thursday morning to get into Atlanta for for our event. So it's just an average week for a Khan at the uh, <laughs> just an average week. Yeah. At least it's all East Coast, which is uh, which is good. It's all Eastern time zone, um, and it's all nice weather except for the first two days in Toronto. But we will be back obviously next week for episode number one hundred and seven of this week in location based marketing. Do you have any comments, criticisms, suggestions, companies that we should cover, news items, funding items, or just plain out compliments? We would love to hear from you. Reach out at, as I said, on tethergmail.com or cfatthealbma.com. Final reminder that you can actually subscribe to the show through iTunes or through RSS, an audio and a video feed. If you want to go and do that, it's the best way to make sure that you don't miss a single episode of the podcast. And of course, a huge th shout out and thank you to our syndicate partners in uh, Street Fight Mag and GPS Business News. We love you guys. We love the fact that we partner with you guys. And anybody out there wants to partner with us, we would welcome that conversation as well. So please reach out anytime. Boom. So until next week, where we will bring you episode number 107. See ya. Safe, safe travels, man. Cheers. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, <laughs> Rob.